Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you this hallmark edition of Garage Logic. Oh. Podcast number 365. Whoa! Uh, You know what that is? It's a year's worth. Uh, April 16th, 2020. The high today uh, on this day was 88 degrees back in 1964, and it was as chilly as 10 degrees in 1875. White Bear Lake had ice outs on this day in 1939 and 1971, and Minnetonka had ice outs on uh, this day, April 16th, in 1890, 1900, 1906, and 1960. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. A protest going on right now in front of the governor's. House on Summit Avenue in St. Paul. Oh, really? Oh, I'm really? Sure it's, I'm sure it's peaceful. It's a pushback. It's a pushback uh, uh, convention uh, telling him he's he's got to start opening up more things, that he's gone a little too far. And Where are you seeing it? Uh, I read about it. Oh, I thought it was on the news, maybe. No, I read I'm about flipping, it. I'm flipping. I think I read about it on one of the local television news sites. I see. Nice. Uh, Nancy Pelosi shows off her $25,000 refrigerators and $12 tubs of gourmet ice cream as Americans stand in line at food banks. I was alerted to this by Jordy, who says she's a woman of the people for the party of the little guy. Wellstone would be proud. <laughs> Apparently last night, was it last night, she was being uh, interviewed by James Corden, yes. a late night guy, yes, a Brit. And uh, I have some thoughts about this, not to overanalyze it. It's essentially harmless, but I I have some thoughts about this. Would you play a bit of it for us, please? Welcome back. We're here with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and we've asked her to share something from her home (laughs) for a little late, late show and tell. Uh, Speaker Pelosi, what have you found? What are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate. Really? Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate candy. Oh, wow. And... This is this is something you can get through the mail. Okay. Run out. Now show me. Yeah, absolutely. This is the episode of Cribs. I never knew I needed. Oh my! Wow. Other people in our family look for some other flavors, but chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. (laughs) Okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. You don't want any more? I can't take it. Okay. I have two observations. Is it even worth having observations about that? Uh, about the Speaker of the House sheltering in place in her California mansion with one of those giant double-door refrigerators uh, being interviewed by this moron. Uh, and have you ever heard anything more tone-deaf? <laughs> no, that's pretty bad. Am I, am I, bad. Am I, am I, am I overreacting? Uh, I, I know that it was intended to be just a... A drop in, say hi. Uh, I, she apparently agreed to be interviewed by this character, and I realize it probably wasn't the time that they would have had a serious talk about the unemployment checks running out of money. Uh, but well, l- let me offer up. To, let me play devil's advocate because I actually like James Corden. I think he's kind of funny. Um, wh- huh. What should he have asked her? I mean, the the whole I think Such just mentioned it, but the, I think the whole uh, the, the whole setup is. You know, his show, he's one of the rare late night guys that doesn't go wall to wall political. It's, it's, you know, I want to sing in the car with Adele. Okay. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's, but what what it tells me is what, what it tells me is that was a pat on the head that the two of them were, were acting in concert to be completely irrelevant to their, I guess that's what late night television has come to. I I think I'll drop the subject because there's nothing to be gained, uh, by pointing out that, uh, uh, Pelosi's but, a hypocrite. There's just nothing to be po- no, nothing I to be gained. To, uh, I don't want to argue with you, Joe. Well, go ahead. But th- that's 
that's what I want from a late night show because all the other, most of the late night shows are politics and screaming and yelling and yes. a talk show hosts and anchors and comedians t- taking a political stance. And even though I'm not down with James Corden, uh, I, I like the fact that he keeps it dumb. And I think <laughs> that's that that's, what I, yeah, that's, that's what I need in life. That's the entire intention of his show is he's not going to go you know, wall to wall. What's the daily count on the coronavirus? He's just trying to offer up fluff and nonsense. Now I'm going to argue with you, Chris. Fellas. 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 He succeeded. That was fluff and nonsense. I'll move on. I don't really care. I don't really care. I'm just amused at the posturing the public class takes and then uh, how they really lead their lives again on that parallel rail. Now I want some uh, ice cream. uh, We don't all have the double-door refrigerators with the $12 a quart mail-order ice cream, which is fine. Go ahead, uh, Nancy. Choke it down. It's fine. (laughs) Your point there is well taken, Suge. She's not one of us. And, yeah, she's on that third rail up above us all. $12 for a quart of ice cream. My God. Kenny, verify something for me, would you? Shoot. Go ahead, Buttercup. Does Nancy Pelosi have her own jet? And if so, uh, are the taxpayers paying for it? I'm under the impression that she has, and for all I know, maybe for the last 50 years, the speakers of the House have had access to a plane. I don't know. I find that absurd if they do. Uh, but for all I know, she's not the first to have access to her own plane. Maybe it's a government plane that she can use on request, uh, there being little distinction between that and having her own plane. But oh, again... I found I'll... a piece. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Now, I brought up a window, so now I'm really in delay. I found a piece, but it's old, uh, from 2008. Does that still count? Well, we'll uh, because see. Because it says, it says the uh, Democratic House Speaker normally flies in a 12-seat Air Force jet, just as her Republican predecessor did. Okay. So uh, let me try to find something more current. Uh, did you guys read about uh, Ilhan Omar today? No. In the, in the Minneapolis paper? No, I, I did not. Uh, she paid the E Street Group, a firm founded by her husband, Tim Minette, two hundred ninety-two grand for advertising, fundraising, travel, and other services between January and March of this year. That's pretty good. Two hundred ninety-two grand for... What, two months, three months? How is that legal? This is according to a federal finance report filed Wednesday. The law doesn't prohibit hiring a spouse for a federal campaign, and it's not unheard of for candidates and members of Congress to employ and pay relatives through their committees. Uh, Colin Peterson, for example, has hired his son as campaign treasurer. Uh, In any event, Omar's campaign continued his business relationship with the firm following uh, a fallout. I jumped ahead of myself. an attorney representing both Omar and Minette said any suggestion the campaign and firm acted to skirt the laws in any way is absolutely false and both unfounded. Uh, that was their denying their affair. And the campaign, Omar's campaign, continued his business relationship with the firm following that fallout, paying uh, Minette's firm more than $500,000 in 2019. So that's five hundred uh, added to the two ninety two. That's uh, almost eight hundred thousand uh, dollars. And you know what? Uh, her her uh, her opponents uh, like me have can have great sport with this, but her defenders have an automatic response. Trump's employed half all his family, and they you know Secret Service has got to stay in hotel rooms that Trump owns, and they get billed for it. So. Uh, that's how that's how that's going to break down. Nothing will be made of this because, uh, however cheesy it looks, it certainly isn't novel in the political class, which leads life on a parallel rail to the rest of us. I did find one more piece here, Such, but again, yeah. it's from 2010. Pelosi's jet travel cost the Air Force two million one hundred thousand seven hundred forty-four dollars over a two-year period. Okay. Uh, but again, that was 2010. Okay. Uh, and the story is related to the time that Trump denied her use of Air Force travel when she was leading a congressional delegation trip to Afghanistan. Huh. Uh, and Trump denied her the use of a military aircraft for that. All right. Uh, uh, Jordy weighing, again, weighing in again. According to the New York Post, a study shows that a major disseminator of coronavirus in New York City is the subway. 
And he said, they needed a study for this? Once again, I'm glad I live in my sprawling car-dependent suburb. I'll be interested to see how the new urbanists try to spin this one. They're already trying to spin it. Oh, they're already trying to spin it uh, in the Twin Cities. Not spin it. We're already uh, making such acknowledgments of the density on public transportation that now there's new rules. Uh, 10 people on a 40-foot bus or you know, 20 people on a 40-foot bus and 10 people on a shorter bus and... I don't know the kind you'd go to school in Reavers, probably about five people. The short, the really short bus. <laughs> wow. uh, but we're, we're the the salon dwellers have had to acknowledge uh, that they have to unpack all of their wish lists in order to uh, to uh, keep people apart from each other. So that's even now applying to the public transportation. A law also yeah. went into effect in New York City that you have to wear a mask. Yeah, in fact, Cuomo was on earlier. Uh, what was it? Any any living being above the age of two was that the deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I went into a bank and got arrested. I wasn't wearing a mask. But oh, wait a minute! Hey, now, you I saw that somewhere. That. Hey, I saw that hey, somewhere. Hey, hey, hey! Hysterical! Hey, hey! So, w- w- what would it take for either one of you guys <laughs> to get on a bus right now? Well. <laughs> Those stats you were reading, Such, were they for us locally? What stats? Uh, about bus riding. Metro Transit. Yeah, 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 I thought it was local. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, so I'll stop looking for that. Yeah, because I had that information earlier today, and now I can't find it. You know, Positive Thursday is damn near impossible. Not without any help from our friends at Schoonover Body Works, though. They're positive. Proud support. Oh, they're they're bringing us positive Thursday. That's right. But I do have some no, uh, news. Remember our friend Dr. Steve Richardson, the anesthesiologist at the oh, U? Oh, yeah, of course. Great news, Joe. Yeah, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized the production of that low-cost ventilator. Uh, with FDA authorization, the design for the ventilator named Coventer can move forward with production and distribution to healthcare symptoms. Coventer was conceived as a backup alternative for physicians to use when treating coronavirus patients. Uh, Ventilators have been in high demand across the world to stabilize patients who have critically low blood oxygen levels. Previously, they were widely used for patients with pneumonia and acute respiratory disease. Stephen Richardson, our guest, a cardiac anesthesiology fellow in the U of M Medical School, developed a design with a research team and Aaron Tucker in the College for Science and Engineering developed the prototype. The prototype was made using off-the-shelf components and is compact enough to fit on a desktop. It's the first ventilator of its kind and features a a slider crank mechanism that allows uh, medical professionals to control how much oxygen is being administered to patients. Because of its ease, simplicity, and cost, we believe this concept can be scaled in many different designs, said Tucker, a lab supervisor at the Earl E. Bakken Medical Devices Center. Covent, uh, Coventer's design will be made open source. They're giving this to the world. Now, this is an example of where the Academy has not failed. No kidding. They're giving this to the world, which will allow other manufacturers around. Remember I asked Richardson, I said, I know this is going to sound like a difficult and impolitic question, but you're not doing this to become a billionaire, are you? Right. Remember what he said? No, this is going to go right to the people. This can go anywhere in the world, and uh, you get a set of instructions and go to the local uh, Rangoon hardware store, and you can put these <laughs> things together. In fact, wasn't his direct response, no, I'm in the business of helping people. That's right. Oh, yeah. It was great. Great stuff. Uh, Open source, which will allow other manufacturers around the world to begin regulatory and production processes. This allows patients who would not otherwise have the opportunity to survive to survive, Richardson said. The Coventer gives people a chance, and that is what this is all about, making the ventilator as fast as possible and pushing it to people everywhere. That's a a GLer, man. That is a GLer. That is fantastic. Uh, Congratulations to them. Uh, and I, th- I think they're doing uh, uh, the Lord's work there, aren't they? No kidding. <sighs> How is everybody today? Uh, you know, yeah. what day is it? Yeah. Anyway. Did you see what the Pope said and they had to scramble to get it off his phone? No. He, he said one of those drunk tweets like I usually do on the weekend. Whiskey <laughs> is the real holy water. <laughs> 
No. Yes. No. I don't know the context. I don't know the context. I'm sure he would not. I'm sure he would not advocate that. But they quickly got rid of it. wherever it appeared, Instagram or Pope Land or wherever he posts Tick, stuff. TikTok, one of them. Uh, whatever. Meals. Yeah. Whiskey is the real holy. So water. did he? Is he the one that sent it out, or did somebody else just do it? No, 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 no. It apparently was his deal. Oh, and, that's uh, but, hilarious. But his people said, well, let's not get too frisky here, Wait Pope. Wait a minute, Pope. Uh, let's, let's not get too frisky. Someone get his phone. <laughs> Time to start drinking water there, Popester. <laughs> and the other, the other news is, and of course there's absolutely no evidence for this, but anecdotally uh, there is a growing belief that smokers are protected against the coronavirus. Wait, I thought now, it was I the hes- opposite. I hesitate to say that. Well, no. I think what it is, the coronavirus wants only clean lungs to attack. They oh. don't want. They don't want to deal with the with the flotsam and jetsam out there. They only want the good something lungs. Of, so, Kenny, you might be about, good. Something about the heat. But GLers have been sending us uh, this information. This is the first time we brought it up. So, but yeah, it's something about the heat generated. So wait a know. minute. So what you're saying is when the break co- glass smoke lucky well, is what the, I'm saying. When the COVID gets into like, let's just use the soul man. Yeah. When, the, when the COVID gets into the soul man's lungs, he's seeing that uh, picture of him playing in that band on Twitter that I saw the other day and said, no, I want no part of that. I'm no. out of here. No, it looked like a prison band. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this brings no uh, no solace to my heart. What, I'm still scared. What was the name of that band, Kenny, back in the day? Come on. Idol. I-D-Y-L-L. Oh, so progressive. I couldn't help but note that it was nice of whichever prison was housing you to allow you to have a band. God almighty. Never seen anything like it. What a ragtag bunch of guys. I almost made it the GL profile picture. We were all in high school. I think I was a junior in high school then. Yeah. Did you get a lot of gigs as Idol? (laughs) (laughs) We're playing at the Pomida up here in Alexandria. Can't take it up. Not as many as the banana band got, Such. Yeah, we got a lot, man. We, man, we did, had I, our... did I miss out not playing in a band when I, you know, back in the day? Did I miss I, out? I don't think there's anything that can equal it. I think it's a wonderful thing. I, and I feel the opposite. It's I think it's a great way for you to learn how to hate those who you love the most because those well, guys were all very you know close your attitude is just so sick. <laughs> I, I ended up just basically stopped. I just stopped showing up for practice. It just it just wasn't doing it for Where's me. The which man? is the way, which is what I do my whole life. Actually, I just have you ever heard the name? Uh, have you heard the name? Uh, Dorsky, Rich Dorsky, Alan Dorsky. They were uh, uh, pianists and uh, local musicians. I think, I think maybe Al, no, I think maybe Rich had a role with uh, Prairie Home Companion at one point. Uh, in any in any event, Alan Dorsky was our keyboard guy, and I'll never forget my favorite line of all time. We were packing up. At the time, all we had was a Corvair van. Oh. Remember those things? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, uh, yeah. Awful. Dreadful, dreadful vehicle. And uh, we hadn't yet moved up to get the big, giant 40 Econoline. So we're, we're taking off in this, and, and Al Dorsky's dad comes out, and he starts walking around the, the van, and the tires were as bald as a baby's butt. And he said, he said, are you aware of the condition of these tires? And my line was, don't worry, Mr. Dorsky. This is the last trip this van will ever make. <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't come out right when you're talking to somebody's dad. Right. Did, now we're going okay. to Didn't you have to push start that thing? I mean, come on. It looks like something you'd all have to push and then quick run and jump in. Like one the- time one time we got a gig late notice to go to, to play the Hibbing Armory. And it was in the dead of winter. It was about 25 below. Two guys were in the back. Then there was the equipment. And then two guys in front. The two guys in back damn near died from freezing to death. (laughs) We lit fires in the ashtray of that thing. When we got to the Hibbing Armory and brought in some electrical cords and dropped them on the floor, they shattered like pieces of licorice. Oh, Oh. It's glamorous being in a band. That really it? is, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, we had to borrow all the electrical cords from the armory. Oh my god! Extension cords and stuff. Uh, I had a buddy, same thing, Kenny, that he'd always park the vehicle uphill, 
because he knew that once it yep. killed, he'd have to he'd have to put it in neutral to, to go downhill and kind of get her going. No, 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 why no. Why is he sorry. parking? Why is he parking all the way over there? No, Chris, he parked it facing downhill. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Sorry, yeah. facing yeah. downhill yeah. so that he so could he can uh, bump start it. get her yeah. going. In fact, that well, was the same car though, Joe. That uh, after after time, you know, the brakes went out and he didn't have two nickels to rub together, so he downshifted it and put it into reverse to stop it. Sounds like the kind of car he could have just smashed his feet through the floor pan and just used his Fred Flintstone brakes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Say, currently, uh, EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake is closed to normal foot traffic business, as are many businesses, but they can meet people by appointment. You can still get your electric bikes, scooters, and motorcycles. And if you don't want to go out, go online, ecofundmotorsports.com, pick out the product you're most interested in, and give EcoFund a call. 612-321-8867. You can do all the arrangements over the phone. They will deliver you your e-bike. Bintelli e-bikes are an ideal way to social distance and get some fresh air. They also have, uh, I think, some Yamaha e-bikes. Whatever you want, they got it. It's just a fantastic inventory. You can find it all on the website and arrange to do this over the telephone. Uh... People are always telling uh, Tim Bloom how much they enjoy these bikes. Uh, there's Instagram posts of people taking delivery of their bikes. Uh, they want you to adapt and still be a customer, and they're making it happen as best as they can. EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, right on Highway 61. We shall return momentarily. Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra, no-touch, social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in. Social distance customer service. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree. Joe Souchere. I made an observation yesterday, and I put it out on what we call the Twitter. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For years, I've really given some thought to what is the point of the keyless starting of the modern automobile. What is the point of the push-button starting? And I have yet to come up with uh, a reason why that should have ever been undertaken until yesterday. I lost my keys, but I realized, no, I didn't. In order for the car to have been running, that key fob has to be inside the car. So that really narrows the field search down. And I ultimately found the key fob. It just had buried itself in one of the cup holders, and a bunch of junk had fallen on top of it. But I got out one of my good flashlights, and we found that. But my point is, that's the only thing I can come up with to this day. You can't lose your keys. But I'm not a fan of the push button. So, for instance, my wife has that in her vehicle, but I do not because I'm not a fan. And one time she was bringing me somewhere. I can't remember where. And then she took the boys home, thank God, because I still had the key in my pocket. So wherever she dropped you off, she didn't shut the car off. Correct. It, it just continued to run. So she, now that's but, but interesting. Thankfully, but thankfully, she went home, not anywhere else. Had she went to the you know Target or whatever, she would have been screwed because I had the key in my pocket. And the story now, see, I've I, been told, uh, the ahead. story I've been told, Joe, is... Uh, Guy was in the woods in his fancy new 2019 truck with the same deal and got out of the truck and somehow the key, the door locked with the key fob in it and his telephone in it. So he was locked out of his truck in the woods with no cell phone and had to find a way to a phone and then call his wife who is 40 minutes away and come down with the other key fob. And again, I don't know how these things work, but that sounded like a you know a disaster. Well, it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with keyless starting. I, I don't know why the I don't know why his doors would have locked unless he pressed the button. 
and forgot right. to bring the you know. fob with them. Right, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You know, just clumsiness. But Reavers, what I'm surprised at, you would think, given the extraordinary measures these auto manufacturers have gone to to stay ahead of the salon, you, you would think that that car would have stopped the minute you walked away with the key. Well, what it does is when, so I, I, I happen to be driving and then we switch sides. And so when I got out, it did the, you know, it beeps at you. But I assumed, and so did she, that she had also a key on her, a fob, or a fob on her. Hmm. But thankfully, like I said, she drove home because the, the, the truck continued to run. Is this an option you can say no to? No. I don't think no. so. No. No, I, I have a, a 2006. Uh, my 2016 is not like this. I have a. I still have a key. Uh, well, mine. I started seeing it in 2017. Okay. But I, I would imagine today, it's it's pretty much normal procedure on most cars. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't. Anyway, I don't you can't lose of, your key. That's, yeah. that's it. Is height available? Are we, yeah, are we out of topics? <laughs> no, I've, I've got a lot I want to talk to, but I think it's time for a John Hyde news segment. Should we step aside for a moment? <laughs> sure. Okay. Mr. Positive, Mr. Fender Bender Mender, Mr. Mike Schoonover of Schoonover Body Works and Glass uh, in Shoreview. He's on the line right now. Uh, GLers, we know there are one-stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop. They're all GLers up there, and they are the sole sponsor of today, Positive Thursday. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Well, I think we're doing pretty well here, and uh, from what I'm hearing, you guys are open and very busy, and GLers have been coming in from around the metro, but let's, let's be truthful. We were shooting the breeze earlier this morning, and you're telling me this fantastic story of a GLer that came down from Duluth to go to Grundhofer's, and he brought his uh, 2009 Chevrolet 2500 truck over for some upgrades and improvements. This is so cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, Kenny. He, he had reached out a couple weeks ago via text and just asked if we would do kind of a unique job of, of uh, sprucing up his, his truck. And uh, so he said next time he's down uh, to visit the Grund, to make a Grundhofer run, he uh, was going to stop by. So that was yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, and he's going uh, he's to he's be dropping the truck off for repairs in the next couple of weeks. And uh, when, when he talked to me, he also said, well, hey, I noticed on your website that you guys do uh, mechanical repairs. I need an alignment done. I need the oil changed. I need some other things done. So we're going to do that as well. So. Uh, the garage logicians are coming through uh, mightily during this period of time, which is great. I just absolutely love that. GLers are so awesome. They're keeping all of us busy. Thank you, GLers, and thanks to you guys, Mike. Schoonover Body Works and Glass. You've been doing this for 80, uh, 80 years or more now. No wonder you're always rated as one of the best body shops in the metro. When it comes to body shops, GLers, we have a choice. We all know that. Our choice here at Garage Logic is schoonoverbodyworks.com. Let's talk to our newsman, Mr. Johnny. Guitar height. Thank you, Joe. Hi, Johnny. How are you, Chris? I'm good. Minnesota restaurants would be able to sell beer and wine with to-go orders during coronavirus closures under an agreement reached by state legislators. Draft uh, legislation released late Wednesday allows restaurants with liquor licenses to sell up to one bottle of wine and the equivalent of a six-pack of beer, cider, or hard seltzer with food orders. Cocktails and mixed drinks will remain off the menu. They actually are talking about that even as we speak, as we're recording this. Uh, it looks like, though, it'll go through. Now, apparently, earlier, there was a problem because there was two bottles of wine and two six-packs, but some folks thought that was too much, so they just <laughs> See? it See? <laughs> what, what the hell difference does it we're make? We're drawing the line, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me. You know what the problem, uh, as I heard it, John? Uh, yeah. That... These initial shutdown uh, stay-at-home orders happened, I believe, restaurants and bars were closed prior to St. Patrick's Day. You are correct. Yes, and every correct. bar in town, of course, loaded up their inventory for mm-hmm. uh, the St. Patrick's Day festivities. And and this is what's behind this push to allow them to start selling it. They can't 
give it back to the distributor. I uh, so, I have direct knowledge of you know one establishment that's in downtown Minneapolis, and that very thing happened where their last day that they were open was the Saturday night before St. Patrick's right. Day, and they were loaded for bear. And basically, they're looking around saying, well, what do we do with all this stuff now? Because it's just sitting here. Right. And some of the employees had offered to take it off their hands, but I don't think that that, um, that went very far. What do you think the rationale is for not allowing these uh, restaurants to also provide cocktails? I- I'm fine with that, by the way. I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> 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 I have to laugh. Can I get that in a to-go cup? I mean, you know, it, it is kind of it is kind of cheesy to have a Manhattan in a plastic cup. Well, hey. oh, yeah, these are the tough times. <laughs> a lot of Americans woke up Wednesday thinking they might find a payment of twelve hundred dollars or more from the U.S. government in their bank account, but uh, we're running into some glitches apparently. Oh no. You, Yeah, U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin had instructed the IRS to get payments out as quickly as possible. Uh, They're being delayed, though, and causing some confusion. It's supposed to be based either on your 2019 tax return or 2018 tax return. Several million people who filed their taxes via H&R Block, TurboTax, and other services were unable to get payments because the IRS didn't have their direct deposit information on file. Yesterday, we talked about the Get My Payment tool online, where you could look up the status of your payment. A lot of folks who used it said they received a message saying, payment status not available. That's actually what happened to me. I looked it up this morning. Some parents told the Washington Post they also received their payments, the $1,200 payments, but didn't receive the $500 per child under 17 payments they were supposed to get. IRS and Treasury officials acknowledge they're aware of the issues they're working to fix them. Treasury spokeswoman noted the IRS processed almost 80 million payments in less than three weeks, just over half 150 million payments expected to go out under the Economic Impact Payment Program. Anybody yet? Nope. No, I haven't, and I'm still unclear. So did you update your information? No, you weren't able to. I did not. Uh, I I haven't been able to either. May I add something that's germane to this discussion? And it's come yes, up sir. before. It's come up before. One of the problems we have with the government being competent uh, and efficient is we're just too damn big. Yep. We're yep. just too big. You know, Germany is uh, uh, being touted now as a country that's uh, beginning to open up again, and they've handled it correctly. Uh, Taiwan is being touted as a country that got it got its act together and is opening. Well, Taiwan's got 24 million people. I don't know how many Germany has, but Germany's about the size of Montana. We're too big. There's too many of us for them to get this straight. There, I'm done. That was just my rant. That was my yeah, rant. That's very encouraging, too, Joe. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We talked yesterday about the judge who was a little concerned about how casual lawyers are with their teleconferencing in court. Yes. Well, this story from uh, North Oaks. City Council member Martin Long recently attended a city council meeting from his hot tub. (laughs) I saw a picture of that. (laughs) As could be seen in an online video recording on the city's website, about an hour into the April 9th teleconference council meeting, the camera on Long starts to move, and it's apparent he's moved outside. He sits down somewhere outside of his house and after a few minutes disappears briefly, then reappears and his polo shirt is gone. For a few minutes, the small window showing long reveals his bare shoulders. A little while later, he put his shirt back on. Then after he's recognized to speak by Mayor Greg Nelson, Long has trouble unmuting his microphone, saying, quote, I'm trying, but my fingers are wet. I'm in the hot tub. Then he holds up a pair of goggles and a toy boat. First time I've been on a council meeting, when I'm in the hot tub, it's kind of cool. Wouldn't that have been something if you saw him electrocute himself? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on one sec, he says, as he pulls his shirt off again and then proceeded to give a brief report as some of the other council members smile. So is there outrage about this? What was the report on, whether they're going to get a new tennis net or not? I mean, they they don't have a lot to worry about in North Oaks. Probably probably not. No. The yearbook pictures that everybody's putting up on Facebook and everywhere. Yeah, I'm kind of over it, by the way. Well, that could be a problem, too, by the way. Better Better Business Bureau and cybersecurity experts are warning 
The information people provide with those photos can be used by hackers to, uh, to steal people's identities. What are they gonna, of, how, how can they steal an identity based upon a photo? Paula Fleming, that. I'll tell you, okay. with the Better Business Bureau, says, I'd like to think this was created as a genuinely good cause. It's a fun thing that lets people connect. Unfortunately, though, there's a crisis of almost any kind, or whatever there is, excuse me, a crisis of almost any kind. The scam artists come out of the woodwork. The BBB already has received calls from people throughout North America reporting the information they posted with their yearbook photo on Facebook or Twitter led or may have led to identity theft. The name of the high school you attended and the year you graduated are answers to common security questions that hackers use to gain access to your bank account and credit cards. Kenny, I I didn't do that, Joe. Kenny, I I saw your picture. You'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody will take credit for that. Right. Nobody's going to want that. (laughs) Speaking of that, Johnny, we talked about this earlier. Did you see uh, uh, Kenny's uh, band photo from back in the day? I I did. Yeah. Joe thinks it's a prison band. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I uh, thought the best remark, Kenny, was the fellow who said, glad to see you had the ovation endorsement. <laughs> what the hell was that face you were playing? <laughs> yeah, that was that was really something, John. That thing weighed more than a Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> was it a stand-up bass? Was it one of those? No, no but it, was, it, it actually had a three-channel equalizer on it. I had to put D-cell, bat- not D-cell, uh, uh, the little square ones, whatever they the are. The 9-volt. 9-volt. Yeah. I had to put that's those a, in there to run, run that a very point. 80s-ish kind of thing. Oh, it was just <laughs> junk. It was just awful. But it was good and cheap, and that's what I needed. We always had we had one amp that always picked up the police call frequencies. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Remember that, Jan? Nigel Tufnell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a couple amps that still, on occasion, I'll get WCCO radio on. It's very strange. Oh, really? That has yeah, to be right a really there. old amp. Very old. Yeah. <laughs> but an up bump. I, I got actually, it. It took me a minute. I actually I have it. audio of your amp. No, they're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> U.S. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper indicated Thursday morning it's possible maybe Captain Brett Crozier, who was relieved of his command at the USS Theodore Roosevelt after raising concerns about a coronavirus outbreak, could be reinstated. Esper said on the Today Show, an investigation into the incident was completed last week. The Navy's now reviewing the findings. The report, he said, will come to him at some point in time. He added he couldn't comment further before then, but was keeping an open mind. Crozier lost his command on April 2nd after sending a strongly worded letter to Navy leadership detailing his concerns about the spread of the virus on the ship. One soldier who was aboard the ship has died, and as per said Thursday morning, 600 or so crew members have been found to be infected with the virus. Crozier relieved of his command by then acting Navy Secretary Thomas Mudley, who ultimately had to resign himself in the aftermath of the incident. Video footage of Pope Francis holding a bottle of scotch. That's what I was talking about, you guys. Do you have this one already? No, no. I hope this is confirming what I told the boys. Pope Francis holding a bottle of scotch and calling it, quote, the real water of life has been censored by the Vatican ahead of a new documentary. The clip featured the head of the Catholic Church taking a bottle of Oban malt from a group of Scottish student priests at a reception at the Vatican last year. But Vatican media insisted this clip was cut from the film. The film's about seminarians at the Scots College in Rome. Director Tony Kearney, whose Solus Productions made the documentary which followed the Scots seminarians over 18 months, said, We filmed the students meeting the Pope. One of them was tasked with giving him a bottle of malt because they knew he likes whiskey. He was really down to earth with them all, and when they handed him the bottle, instead of just handing it to his assistant as he normally would, he said, in Italian, of course, this is the real holy water. Oh, my word. I got a whole new appreciation for this guy. <laughs> Despite his so there's, socialistic tendencies. <laughs> so there's outrage uh, um, about this? No, because I, 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 so. I thought you Catholics kind of celebrated getting your stumble on. This doesn't surprise me at all. I, I don't think there's any outrage, Kenny, that I'm aware of, anyway. Okay. All right. Okay. Beatles memorabilia always sells at auction. Uh, even during global pandemics, it gets a lot of money. Julian's held an auction April 10th, 200 pieces. The handwritten lyrics Paul McCartney did uh, for Hey Jude sold for almost a million dollars, 910000 
They were estimated to sell for about 180000 obviously at top of that. McCartney wrote the song to comfort Julian Lennon during his parents' breakup, John and Cynthia Lennon breaking up at the time. McCartney actually had used the title Hey Jules while writing it before changing it. Other items included a drum head with the Beatles, uh, Beatles logo used during their first tour. That went for $200,000. A handwritten shooting script page for the Hello Goodbye music video went for $83,000. And a brass ashtray used by Ringo at Abbey Road Recordings in the 1960s earned $32,500. And here with the Beatles insult is Kenny Olson. Go ahead, Kenny. I was just, I, I don't have any insults. I was actually hoping Joe has saved all his show notes and everything he wrote down. So someday when uh, this is long over, we can put them on auction and get about two cents a piece for them. Every show note has been saved from the radio days. I have not saved them from the podcast days. All right, we're going to sell them all and we'll uh, make 20 bucks and buy you're not going to believe you're, you're not going to believe what's happening right now. Oh, I'm in my downstairs. Know. I'm in my downstairs office. Yep. And the printer keeps running and running and running. <laughs> she's upstairs. We're not surprised. <laughs> she's upstairs hitting school assignment work for a seven-year-old. So I got all these pages coming out. What's this one? This is the letter A. Trace the letter A. Say the name of each picture and write the letter A next to the picture that starts with the letter A. It just keeps coming out here. Forget the fact we that should. I'm down here doing a show. Right. We should give this quiz to Rookie tomorrow when he's here, see how he does. <laughs> Perhaps if you have to trace the number three, Joe, that would be good for you. That's you know what true. else I'm having trouble with That's now? True. There's a new there's a new number that I can't make. Uh oh, which one? I can't make I can't make an eight. I gotta well, do it like know. a three. I gotta had, do it in two parts. Had you had We've trouble previously with the number eight? Eight was okay. Uh until oh. about the last six months. So this is it, huh? So if I got to write something, you know, thirty-eight, it's just a struggle. Oh man, yeah, we're, uh, we're really going to need those show notes. Pretty soon. I, I think. Could so. you sign those? Sign those for <laughs> Help! Hey CP, we need you to wheel Joe into the old office for a couple yeah. hours. I can't bring Jim's him right now. He's practicing though. his eights. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Scott Mowry at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Butler, Missouri, never imagined one of his daily devotionals would make people smile all over the globe. Uh, but as the Lord, or as the saying goes, excuse me, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Uh, what happened to the pastor was he forgot how the filter feature works on Facebook Live. So, unbeknownst to him, for nearly three minutes, his sermon this weekend had the benefit of a rotation of space helmets, wizard hats, cat ears, and googly eyes. He said he uh, put his phone on a tripod, and he must have hit the button without knowing it. Mowry's wife posted the video to an online group for the wives of pastors, and from there, the Internet did the rest. Mowry taking the episode in good humor, he says he's humbled his message is lifting spirits well beyond the boundaries of his hometown of Butler, Missouri. I didn't understand hey, I, can I Hey, can I read story. something terribly important that's just breaking here? Is it the sure. letter A uh, well, coming out of your printer? One airline is now administering blood tests to passengers before they board flights amid the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, uh, Emirates Airlines said this week that on a Wednesday flight to Tunisia from Dubai, passengers were all tested for COVID-19 before departing by way of blood tests conducted by the Dubai Health Authority at the airport check-in area. Results were available within 10 minutes. Emirates oh. called itself the first airline to conduct on-site, on-site rapid COVID-19 tests on its passengers. Uh, CNN notes that serology tests aren't meant to diagnose active coronavirus infections, but they check for proteins in the immune system known as antibodies through a blood sample. And their presence means a person was exposed to the virus and developed antibodies against it. What the hell? Let's go here. Why aren't we all lined up to have our uh, finger <laughs> pricked and get our blood checked? So it sounds like it's basically a, a uh, what do you call it, the diabetes check. Same Whatever. Deal. Yeah. What the hell? Hmm. Let's go here. Hmm. Because the problem, as I understand it, this tremendous confusion we have. We, you keep hearing governors all over the country saying, we have to have more tests. We have to have more tests. And uh, I had that explained to me by someone in the field who instructed me that uh, what's lacking is something called reagents, which is a, a liquid. It's a fluid that you then apply the swab to, and that 
that will tell you whether there's going to be a growth of the coronavirus uh, uh, germ. And though that fluid is in short supply, and we get it from all over the world, including China. And I, so, so I hope I'm not uh, getting giving you the wrong information. But apparently, getting that that fluid is the uh, is the slowdown to the testing. That and no centralized plan for it. It's a little bit of a mishmash all over the country. And obviously, the more testing, the sooner we can open things up. Well, obviously. let's go with the blood test, for God's sakes. Hmm. It might not hmm. give you the definitive, but it'll tell you whether you've been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. What the hell? <laughs> There's a, a new video that is making the rounds. It's going viral. Viral. Say. Of course it is. It's the pizza ground dog. Have you seen this? Oh, I God, did. yes. Yeah. The... Uh, Snack-toting animal made an appearance just outside of Kristen Shalala Bagnell's home in Philadelphia. She posted a video of the encounter. Gripping his slice of pizza, the groundhog chews away at the window, unbothered by Bagnell's two dogs, Maggie and Moses, who keep staring at it through the other side of the glass. The creature continued that way for an hour, munching its way into the evening news, she said. Is pizza groundhog a reminder that life goes on and pizza gets eaten? Whatever the case, Pizza Groundhog is here to stake a claim for your attention. Maybe for your pizza. It's expected to be among the most downloaded videos at the end of the year by the time the year is over. John, thank you. That's fantastic. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be talking to you again soon, I hope. Yes, sir. I'll be here. All right. Stay safe. Say the ice is going out uh, all over this great land of ours, and that means you want to get to your beach property, you want to get to your lake place, you got to call Aquaside. They'll make sure you can enjoy a weed-free lake this summer. Aquaside has been helping keep lake homes uh, free of shoreline weeds and unwanted vegetation since 1956. They have the products you need. They have dozens of products that will help you uh, halt and maintain and sustain the perfect beach. Because, you know, you got the, got the kids that like to complain. They get a little weed wrapped around their foot. They think it's a snake. All hell breaks loose. you got to put down your cocktail. you got to run down there and tell the kid, no, it's just a weed. <laughs> this will get rid of the weeds. Aquaside.com. Not sure what you have growing or what you might need uh, help with? Call them at 1-800-328-9350. 1-800-328-9350. They are there to answer your questions. They've seen it all, and they've helped hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners get rid of unwanted lake vegetation safely and quickly. Aquaside is not only the official lake weed removal company of Garage Logic, it's the official lake weed removal company of our own Spoon Lake. We'll be back shortly. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Such, our friends at 30 Bales Restaurant. You know the place over there in downtown Hopkins. Yes, I do. Our buddy Todd and Tom, they have uh, been doing a lot of carryout and they're very appreciative of all the GLers that have stopped by and uh, done carryout for their families. And here's the cool thing about it. They, we were talking about this the other day. Um, they changed their hours a little bit. So Tuesday through Sunday, they are doing carryout. It's from 3 to 7.30, uh, Tuesday through Thursday, 11 o'clock Friday, uh, 11 o'clock Saturday, and noon on Sunday. Check out their entire menu. I did take out there about a couple of weeks ago. I'm probably due for another one here. But you can see their updated menu. It's online at 30bales.com. Uh, you can try the hay bale onions, which I'm a huge fan of. The tachos, which are fantastic. They also brought back the Big Ten subs for anybody that frequented uh, the Dinky Town area in the UFM back in the day. I know you got your stumble on and you were a big fan of the Big Ten sub. But check them out. They are very, very proud supporters of the garage. Logic podcast, and they appreciate each and every single one of you. Just go online to 30bales.com and make sure that you heard about it on the GL podcast. Stacy, the GL geologist, uh, announces that mother is rumbling in Central America. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of going on there with mother, uh, down there in Central America. She just giving the GLers a heads up. Uh, Joe, I have been watching a lot of data as purely an armchair quarterback but I am of a technical background, electrical engineer, 
and sort of geek out on data like this. I have been tracking this information and the overall probability of any of us becoming one of these statistics. People are, in my opinion, overly worked up on the confirmed cases in contracting this virus. I certainly do not downplay the challenges and overall risks that COVID-19 presents. However, I still believe there is overhyped sensationalism going on. Here is why. Examine the tables and focus on Minnesota. Personally, I don't get too worked up on contraction rates and people contract and die for many different things. I don't know anyone getting overly worked up over the years over the seasonal flu and spread maps and contraction rates. Uh, Yet, uh, as can be seen in the table, CDC's 10-year average shows 511 deaths in Minnesota from the simple seasonal flu. Again, I am not downplaying this as it stinks to die of anything. Now add this information to the landscape as this was published this morning in Minnesota. This is dated yesterday, April 15th. Here are the details on the deaths in Minnesota that the media is not necessarily talking about. The median age of deaths from COVID-19 in Minnesota is 87. 57 of 79 of our deaths were from long-term care facilities. 98.5% of those who died had pre-existing or underlying health conditions. These numbers help me as a 48-year-old healthy man to not be all that worried about this situation. I feel for those in the demographics who are at risk and feel our shift needs to be fully on protecting that class of people and letting the rest of us get this great American economic machine moving again. I hope this information and death stats can help ease minds in a minor way at a minimum. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Haven't missed a podcast yet. Jason Grayheck. Nice. And he included the CDC charts. It's very sobering information, isn't it? Boy, it sure is. Yeah. You know. Joe, just a quick email to share an observation I have had. In our family, we have had medical and dental appointments that were scheduled in the months of March and April, all of which have been canceled. My husband, who has a decline in his knee health, was scheduled to visit with a local orthopedist in March. That appointment was canceled. As his knee continues to decline, he is unable to get an appointment to be seen to receive treatment. As a man of general good health, he quipped, All my life I have seldom had had the need to see a doctor, and now that I need one, I can't get an appointment. Another example in my family is my son needs to have his wisdom teeth extracted. That appointment was also canceled and put on the pile of reschedules down the road. We have also been hearing of individuals with urgent dental needs showing up at local emergency rooms for treatments. Is this Mm -hmm. what socialized medicine would look like? One where the urgency of your ailment would determine whether you could be seen by a doctor. I realize that these are unprecedented times requiring unusual practices, but I also can't help but draw a comparison between the two. Uh, thanks for keeping me entertained and informed. Chris Nairing in Kimball, Minnesota. Another, another, is this what socialized medicine would look well, like? Let's all answer that at the same time. One, yes. two, three, yes. Yes. That's exactly what would. this would look like. But plus, in the plus case we're too big of, for it. We're too big for it. In the case too of big. the dentist... If it's an emergency, the dentist is supposed to be open and available. You just can't go in for routine stuff. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I have a dentist I can call if I need to. Yeah, my neighbor has to go in every day to sit at the desk and answer the phones in case there's a dental emergency. Then they can come in and the dentist will come in and they'll handle it. Uh, And they do that in order to keep people out of the emergency room. Really quick uh, left turn because I'm just noticing something on the news channels. Uh, Were these protests, because I know you mentioned one earlier here locally, Joe, at the beginning of the show, were these all organized? Because CNN just did a split screen and there were about eight different shots of protests going on all over the country. Was this an organized deal? Not to my knowledge. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Did Minnesota make the split screen shot? I tried glancing it. it I, I think so, but I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. Michigan made a lot of news oh, yesterday. Oh, boy, did they ever. Yeah, but you always... See, well, never mind. No? What? So I don't see the purpose of a Confederate flag at a protest in Michigan. I don't understand that. That's Why what I was going to say. That? I mean, that that's yeah. neither here nor there. Uh, let me open my business back up. What's a Confederate flag have to do with it? Or Heil Whitmer. Yeah. The governor's name. Yeah. Well, here comes another school assignment. Oh, what do you got now? Math? Let's see what this is. Is this math, science, maybe? This, this is... Uh, it's almost done printing. 
this is fractions. This is math. Oh, you're good at fractions, aren't you? Color the shape to show the fraction. Two over eight equals. Uh, I don't know. I'll put that in a pile to take upstairs. I will say this. I lucked out so big because my second grader, he's still doing the kind of math that I look like I'm really smart. If yeah. he was any older, I would be totally screwed. Joe, a quick thought on why we need political pushback and an example of how it should work. Kenny mentioned on the April 15th broadcast, why were dock workers and lift workers not allowed to work in the first place? The governor and his office can't know everything. This is what a robust political environment is for. If you think in the last week or so with lawn care services and in yesterday's broadcast talking about dock services businesses, those businesses were not supposed to be opened. But there was pushback and the governor made the change to allow them to work. Hmm. I didn't hear that there was political fallout from any source toward the governor for making the changes. I believe that is how our government is supposed to work. Thanks, Ben. I, I think he's right. I think uh, Dennis, uh, maybe yeah, maybe yeah. the one ray of hope we can take, Jennifer, they're over here on the floor. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> Say hi. Say hi. hi the CP. gang says hi. Hey, let's have her on. Get her thoughts on the prez and <laughs> things of that nature. Yeah. Shapes. Get the Pass. shapes thing that says shapes. That's part of your Pass deal the there, too. Uh, yeah, okay. Jeez, Louise. Put the headset on her. Let's see what she's got to say. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> see ya. What do you mean there should be another one? I'm not. It, oh, God help me. How, so, how soon are you going to go back to work, Suge? This <laughs> afternoon. Just a minute. Just a minute. What? Where's the party? Oh, I'm supposed to respect her a little more. I'm supposed oh, to tell you that. Well, yes. You got to be nice to her. Heavens, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start yeah. being nice to her. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's, good luck with that. You were muttering that. You were muttering that around the office a couple of months ago. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> let's uh, let's get back to that. I, I had a positive Thursday thought about walls. Here we go. Maybe, maybe, uh, despite people discovering many flaws with the intensity of his lockdowns. Maybe he is a governor who at least is agreeable to listening to people. He listened to the lawn care people. Yeah. He listened to the landscape people. Mm -hmm. He listened to the dock people. He listened to the boat lift people. I think we said that the other day. Push back, if you have to, by demonstrating to the governor uh, how what steps you can take uh, to remain logical about this and not put others in danger by you returning to work. There's a fighting chance the fellow will listen. Yeah. And I think that's all that's, well, that's not all that's necessary. That's certainly what's necessary in the short term to get back open. I guess bars, restaurants, and entertainment venues are going to be out of luck on that. But many, you know, why can't, uh, why can't a florist demonstrate that we'll take the same kinds of precautions as other businesses, we'll do by appointment and you can come in either either come in the store or we'll bring you an arrangement to the front door why should they be shut yeah. down no uh, yeah especially during right. a time of so many people dying you want yeah. flowers yeah, well, furniture you makers you love you can't get close to your loved ones anyway but yeah, well, you can right. go you, you can go 10 people should, to a funeral you should be able to order flowers you're right I think so. I think so. Well, call them up. You know them. Well, I'm not. I'm not a florist. Uh, not everybody yet. has to do every. <laughs> everybody has to so, do their own. So you care up until a point when you're asked to do something, then you no longer care. <clears throat> I get it. Well, why in the hell am I supposed to lobby for florists? I'll tell you who I'll lobby for. I'll. I'll. I'll participate. Uh, in a group, I can't believe gardeners, home gardeners, don't uh, create a petition. Oh, wait a minute. That's Michigan. Hello? Yeah, I think you can still nice. buy gardening supplies here. Swing and a miss there, Sporty Spice. <laughs> Why don't the home gardeners in Michigan create a petition with 15,000 names on it and say, what in God's name is preventing you from allowing us to work in our own backyards where you want us anyway? Well, it sounds like that's part of the protest that's been going on out there. 
Joe, once again, there are some common, I'm sorry, some GL common sense sheriffs who are pushing back uh, against these overstepping loonies. Uh, They are counties without tall buildings. As thousands of Michigan residents gathered in protest against Governor Gretchen Whitmer's draconian and bizarrely inconsistent lockdown measures, four sheriffs from northern Michigan counties released a statement saying they will not be enforcing some of the Democrats' orders, calling it an overstepping of executive authority. Sheriffs Mike Borkovich, Ted Schendel, Ken Falk, and Kim Cole announced their decision Wednesday, telling the public that they take their oath to the U.S. Constitution seriously and consider themselves the last line of defense in protecting your civil liberties. Barry Shockle made me aware of this. Isn't that wonderful? I guess it's wonderful. I don't know. Let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. I said that's wonderful too quickly. that, that potentially could set up, you know, power struggles between the branches of yes. the government. So, yeah. yeah I, it's, uh, I admire their sentiment, it's gonna, Kenny. <laughs> it's going to be fascinating to watch anyway. I um, admire because, their yeah, sentiment. I, I, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how that's going to work. No. Either do I. Either do I. I can. T- oh, I wanted to give a salute to a great living, well, Great living Englishman, a British yeah. war vet. A 99-year-old British World War II vet has helped raise more than $9 million bucks for the U.K.'s National Health Service by walking laps in his garden with his walker. Tom Moore, known better as Captain Tom, will turn 100 later this month. To celebrate, he planned to walk 100 laps around his backyard garden and raise some money for National Health Service charities. Moore initially hoped to raise a thousand bucks, the BBC said. As of late Thursday, the donation counter was nearly to 9.5 million euros, or about 12 million dollars. Moore told the BBC that he plans to walk another hundred laps as the donations pour in. He or someone working with him, no disrespect to Captain Tom's social media skills, has been giving charming updates on his Twitter feed. We set this page up without any idea that it would become as highly visited as it is and more heartwarming stories for the local region. Matrix, a company owned by Moore's daughter, Hannah, wrote, It's completely blown up in a good way, and we are so proud to be representing Tom on his 100th birthday walk for the NHS. Moore's garden at his home in Marston Mortain, about 50 miles north of London, is around 80 feet in length, and he makes the laps with the aid of a walker. He served in India and Myanmar during the war, uh, according to the donation page. So you know what he said during the war? What? Come in, Rangoon. Right. Come, come oh, in, Rangoon. And he had an honor guard at attention as he made some of his laps. As he shuffled back and forth, there was an honor guard uh, accompanying him or watching him. It That's was pretty. It cool. was fantastic. Wow. What's the? How long uh, does it take him to turn a lap? It t- takes quite a while, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Let me look at something here. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the weather for uh, Saturday. 58 degrees. Yep. That could just as easily be 60. Sunday, 50 degrees. Uh, you know what that is? That's grilling season, bro. <laughs> that's that's grilling weather. That's grilling weather. That's grilling meat from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. The big red GL sign is out front. And this is uh, this is it. This is the meat capital of the world. GLers have figured this out. They've told their friends. Everyone's figuring it out. Ham, double-smoked ham, double-smoked thick-cut bacon, ribs, steaks, chops, pork shoulders, 130 different kinds of brats, smoked salmon, jerky. The jerky's so good, people never even get to their car before that's demolished. Uh, it's fantastic. And they're open, and Easter's come and gone, yes, but there's still a reason to enjoy the best ham in the world, that double-smoked ham from Grunhofer's. You need to eat, baby. You need to eat in times of a coronavirus stay-at-home order. And uh, you're, we're allowed we're allowed to go to the grocery store, and uh, Spencer's Meat Market certainly uh, would fit the bill as one of the best meat markets in the world. Uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right on Highway 61. Hugo's not that big, so it's just a couple blocks at the north end of what's called Downtown Hugo. Are you making a run, Reeves? Uh, I was going to go today, but I might end up having to go tomorrow for my run. But I'm, I'm absolutely going to make a run because me out of meatloaf. I need some meatloaf. 
We close. We out of meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not Grunhoffers. Nope. They're never out of meat at Grunhoffers. Never. Tomorrow, the Ruckster's going to join us. That's right, sir. And uh, Kenny will join us. Kenny will uh, join us. Kenny? Uh, um, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> Unless I hear differently between now and then. Once it gets a phone call. Right. <laughs> you know. Uh, and also, you know what a week from today is, don't you, gentlemen? Uh no. Yeah, the Garage up, Logic I, Socially Distant Scramble. I know you are both so excited and you cannot wait. Well, is Zoom it going to be is it broadcast? Okay. Yeah. So here's how we're going to do this. You're going to get a little invite and you're going to have to download the Zoom app to either your uh, laptop or your phone, whichever you would prefer to use. And I've, I've done that already. And then 20 Lucky GL listeners that listen to us through the Pod MN app are going to be randomly selected. We're going to start drawing those names at noon next Wednesday, and then those people will be invited. And we're just going to hang out for a little bit, a little talk shop, maybe swap some tails, and Joel, uh, you know, dust off some oldies but goodies. It's going to be a fun time. I can't how, wait. How, how, how long will this take? <laughs> I can't it's imagine this. Fifteen minutes, right? This won't take more than at least three, four hours. It's going to be great. But Holy can I see God. the people I'm talking to? Absolutely, they'll be right there on your phone, and uh, we're hoping that you will have technology struggles because you know that's kind of the the, the theme of the show. Well, you realize I've got no shot to download this Zam, or Zoom, or whatever it is. <laughs> I got no shot. You're going to get the Shazam, Shazam. is what you're going to get. <laughs> Woohoo, China! We'll get you. <laughs> We'll get you through it, Joe. It'll be it'll be okay. Oh boy. I'm excited. I know you're all excited. Maybe we'll get your thoughts on the NFL draft. UK just announced lockdown for another three weeks. I wouldn't get our hopes up about the May 4th date, ladies and gentlemen, but figure out your own ways to push back. I think it's terribly necessary. And let's just say we have a governor who apparently is willing to listen. That's right. See you tomorrow. I'm already gone. Okay. See yeah. I'm- I'll, I'll be here tomorrow. All right, sounds good. Again, yeah. Pod MN, listen to GL, and every hour that you listen gets you entered for that chance to hang out with us next Thursday night. We'll talk to you again.